0: Hey, we're in a series called I'm In, and we're going to have a little bit of fun today. I hope you're ready for it. Uh, And so last week, we talked about this idea of being invited, that Jesus invites all of us to be a part of this journey in regards to following him, uh, but then it's going to look a little different. Like, what does it look like to actually be a Christ follower? We can understand based off of like our football theme here, who are you for by the colors you wear, all right, and we can know if you're Alabama or Auburn, we know what school you're going for, and last week we got to say, we got to give some, some props because we give them a hard time, uh, but the University of Tennessee fans, the volunteers, they showed up last week, guys, and that is to the detriment of all of Alabama and Auburn fans here today, and I say this to your disgrace, all right, and so uh, we have a lot of them, but um, Today, we're going to talk about this idea of invaluable. Like, I'm invaluable. In other words, this idea is like, uh, it's priceless. There's no, like, price tag you can put to it. And so a lot of you know I'm a, I'm a big Denver Broncos fan. And did we lose last week? We're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about today how we're probably going to win, all right? And so um, one of the two things I have that are priceless to me, and this is maybe my inner geekhood coming out, but I, I love cards trading cards um growing up that that was a big part of what I did and one of the most priceless things I have to me I didn't say to you but to me is I have a, a John Elway rookie card all right now this means a lot to me I keep it in my office I keep it hidden away I don't let my kids touch it I don't even let them look at it maybe once a year you know what I'm saying like just let the greatness shine upon you a little bit children right and then then I, I have a guy in a church who's also a Denver Broncos fan, and he had two of these, and he says, Pastor, I know you're a huge Denver Broncos fan, and I wanted to give this to you, and I open up this package, and it's a Von Miller jersey card from the Super Bowl when he won the MVP, and we won, uh, and so he gave that to me, and it's a priceless thing, and again, it's the same thing. I don't even let my kids touch it, right? Now, I could say, like... <laughs> Are my kids priceless? Yeah, yes, they are, right? But what we're talking about is like, to me, like just these things are priceless to me. Like I wouldn't wanna sell them because it's worth more than what money would actually uh, be worth or what people would give for them, right? So I want you to think about that for yourself because there's this thought that honestly, um, a friend of mine were talking uh, a couple of months ago and he said this and it was like, it just really stuck with me that God cannot love you more than he already does right now. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do that can make God love you less. He loves you so much right now, period. And in the eyes of God, you are invaluable. You are priceless, so much so that he gave his son Jesus to die for you. You cannot earn any more of his love. He's already given all of his love to us. And I think when you allow that thought to sink in, God loves me as much as he could possibly love me. And I can't earn it. Like, I can't come to church enough. I can't watch online enough. I can't give enough. He loves me, period, even when I mess up and I have those moments where I backslide or I'm not living right. God still loves me the same amount. His love never increases or decreases. It's the maximum amount of love that he can give us. And sometimes that's hard for us because we feel like, Our life doesn't have purpose. Now, maybe some of you are saying, you know, I know I have purpose. It's to take care of my family, be a good wife, be a good husband, you know, go to work, provide for my family, whatever the case might be. But a lot of times when it comes to the church, we tend to compare ourselves to others. I think that's just a human problem. And then in the church, we look at other people and what they're doing. And you might feel I'm not very gifted compared to other people. I can't sing like other people. I don't like to talk in front of other people, or I freeze up when I'm in front of others. I don't pray as eloquently as other people can pray. I I just need to attend church, and I just need to grow, and then maybe God can use me. And honestly, if I missed a Sunday, if I didn't watch online, it wouldn't be a big deal because no one would miss me. And I want you to know that that is a lie that the enemy wants you to believe about yourself because you're more valuable than you could ever imagine. And when you understand the purpose of how God has created you, how he wired you, how he's gifted you, you're going to realize that you've been holding back. Now, we're going to see a a metaphor today. In 1 Corinthians, there's a church uh, in Corinth, and the Apostle Paul started this church, and he's talking to them, and he writes them a letter Now, obviously, this church was pretty jacked up because this first letter that he sent them is like 16 chapters long, all right? That's a long letter. And in this letter, he talks about, and he makes an analogy how this church, he says, is like a body. And we're gonna see that metaphor today when he talks about the the human body. Now, when Paul uses this metaphor, he uses the body because he understands the context of his people. They were just regular people. They weren't like, the most brightly educated. As a matter of fact, a lot of these people were born into poverty. A lot of these people were slaves. A lot of these people were poor. A lot of these people were not educated. And these people felt like there's no way God can use us to accomplish anything great. And so this is what we're going to talk about. We'll start in verse 12 of chapter 12. We'll be on the screens for you. And it says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So he's talking about the human body, we're made up of many different parts. And then he's saying that same thing is true when it comes to the church. There's many different aspects of the church, but it makes up one church. There are many different parts of your body, but it makes up one body. And so we want to kind of kick off with this idea today that every part of the body matters. Every single part of the body. Matter. So we're going to have a little fun with this today. I need to know right now, who in here is a hunter? Who's a hunter? Any hunters? Yes, we got a few. All right, we got a few. I mean, who's like a legit hunter? Like, hey, I have killed my fair share of, of animals. Anyone? All right, we, so we got several here. All right, all um, right. So I'm bring up Tommy. Tommy, can you come help me with something? I feel like you would know this thing really quickly. On stage, everyone give Tommy a little round of applause. Tommy, we're going to have some fun. We're going to play a game today, all right? Can you play a game with me this morning? All right, we'll make sure to keep our distance from each other, all right? That way people watching online won't turn us in. All right, you're just going to look at the screen here. We get some music here now, check this out. We're gonna talk about animals, Tommy, all right? So now, you know that's an elephant. I put it there for you so you know that's an elephant. Now, a group of elephants are called something else, okay? So let's show this next slide here. We have here, a group of elephants is called what? A, a herd, B, a roll tide, C, a parade, D, a memory. Which one of those, Tommy, would you say Uh, is right? (laughs) Herd. You would say, A, herd. What was the right answer? All right, it'd be herd, parade, or memory. Tommy, you got that first one right, everybody, so it's very easy. Yay. That was the easy one. Three right answers right there, Tommy, three right answers. All right, here's the second animal. Is this one. It's a monkey, so just want you to know that's what a monkey looks like. All right, just that's what the word's there for. But a group like of monkeys know. here, you know, what a, you know what a monkey is? All right, let's go to the next one. Are they called primates? Are they called a troop? Are they called a barrel, or are they called chunky? A troop. He's gonna go with B, a troop. A troop. And that's right, B, troop or barrel is the right answer. Now, Tommy is two for two, everybody. You're crushing this, Tommy. Wow, I'm on it. I'm on a run. All right. We got an iguana here. As you can see, it says iguana. That's what it is. All right, here he is sunbathing. But a group of iguanas are called A, iguanodons, B, reptilian, C, iguani, or D, slaughter. Yeah, it's a little harder now, huh? Yeah, we ain't giving harder. these easy ones anymore. I'll say C. You're going to say C iguana. All right, what's the right answer? A slaughter. Oh, a group of iguana is called slaughter. Google that. You can fact check us, all right? That's tough. That was a tough one. That's tough. All right, that's right. Hey, you got two out of three, Tommy. That's pretty okay. good. Now we have a woodcock. Okay. Now. Any can. In middle school, I had to look that up because I, my last is Woodcock. I'm like, what is that? And I found out it's a bird, all right? We, they hunted them. So on my dad's side, European descent, they hunted Woodcocks. And okay. so I found yeah. out in middle school that a them. Woodcock is a bird, all right? So what is a group of Woodcock called? Would it be A, a fall, B, a flock, C, a swarm, or D, Pastor Dan? <laughs> I would call a flock. You'd call it be a flock. Yeah. Let's see what the right answer is. It's actually a fall, fall, a fall of woodcock, fall of the year, a fall of woodcock. That's right. Hey, you're two. You're two out of fifty percent. That's pretty good. We're gonna give you one more opportunity, Tommy. It's a panda. Maybe so you know this Kung Fu Panda, great movie. All right, some of my people over here. All right, so here we go. A group of pandas called what? Pandas, Pandai? embarrassment, or Kung Fu? I go with A, pandas. You're gonna go with A, pandas. It's actually C, embarrassment. That's what my wife says to me every week. You're an embarrassment. Are you kidding, Hey, man. Tommy, you got you two out of five, right? So you know what? Thank you, Tommy. We're not gonna let you go away empty-handed for being up here and playing today. You're a hunter. Would you like a Buffalo Wild Wings or a Longhorns gift card? Your choice. Buffalo Wild Wings. There you go, Tommy. Thanks, man. I want you to catch this, all right? So we have a little bit of fun. I want you to catch this idea that a single animal has a name. A single animal has a name, but a group of the same animals take on an entirely new identity. Now think about that for a second. A person who who has submitted their life to the Lordship of Jesus, in other words, someone who's put their faith and trust in Christ alone for their salvation, we would call that person a Christian. All right, That person would be a Christian. If you've given your life to Jesus, we would say you're a Christian. But a group of Christians meeting together in like godly community who serve with each other, who love one another, you would call those group of Christians a church. So here we are, a collective group of Christians for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, and now you would call us a church. So on our own, we are one thing, but as a group, we take on a new identity, And see, in Christ, we have a new identity, a new meaning, which means there's a difference that we are called to make. And when we understand that difference, when we're coming together as a part of the body, we make a collective, a greater movement than we can do on our own. You know, one of the things that we say a part of our network is that we can do more when we do it together. See, on our own, yeah, we can accomplish maybe a lot. Some of us can accomplish more than others, But together collectively, we can do so much more. So, I don't want you to believe the lie this morning that you can't do it, that you aren't capable, that you aren't valuable, that you don't have worth, because God has specifically designed you. He's wired you a certain way. If you're a quiet person, it's for a reason. If you're a relational person, it's for a reason. If you're a leader or you're a talker, it's for a reason. God has given you gifts for a reason so that you, as a follower of Jesus, when you find your community, can serve together so that you can do your part. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside every single one of us who have a relationship with Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. So every part of the body matters. Every single part Starting in verse 14, Paul continues on. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, like a foot could talk, but you just go with this here. I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. I understand that. Foot gets shoved into a sock, maybe. Maybe shoved into a shoe for eight hours a day it's coming out. It stinks. You're like, man, like the foot's like, I got it bad. You know what I mean? Like bunions and all sorts of stuff. If I was a hand, I would be so much better, right? It says, but does it make it any less part of the body? And it says, and if the ear would say, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? So Paul's making these analogies, and he's just like, he's putting in just a real layman's terms of Like, hey, listen, like, think about this. This is not hard. Like, if your ear was like, you know what? I'm super jealous of the eye. I don't even have a color. Like, eyes can be different colors, and they get all these different options, and sometimes like, ears are not proportionate to the head shape, and like, I can't help that. Right? Like, I got a drum, you know, the eye doesn't, you know, no one's ever said you're the apple of my ear, you know what I mean? Like, wax builds up into me, and someone decided at some point to turn it into a candle, and it's really weird. I got a canal, like, I didn't want a canal, right? Like, and so if the ear compared itself to the eye, I know lots of women, like sometimes they're like, you know what, they don't like your ears. And what do you do? You use your hair to cover them, right? You're like, I don't like them. I got, I got weird ears or whatever. Uh, maybe this is you. Maybe it's not guys. Maybe like the first time you're dating someone and she pushed your hair back, and she had like some funky ears. You're like, okay, that's just put the hair back. Put the, look, you look better that way, right? An ear could get pretty jealous of an eyeball. When you think about it, now my ears aren't like, your, your eyes are slanty, I, I, I'm good, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I've had the same size ears since I was born, so thankfully my head grew into them. I had some, like, some funny pictures as a kid, you know? I was like kind of worried about myself there. And so you can get jealous of it, right? But then Paul is saying, like if your whole body were just an eyeball, it would be weird. And one, you wouldn't be able to hear anything. Well, we need to be able to hear And so he's making these analogies to understand that just because you feel like you're not important doesn't mean that you're not important. You are important in every single part. like If you just think about the human anatomy here, every single part of our our body serves a function, serves a purpose, and we need it. So that means here for our church that we need you. We need your presence, we need your opinion, we need your leadership, we need your guidance, we need your voice. We need you to do your part because you have purpose here. And so when you understand this, that you not only matter to God, but you also matter to this church, which is really important to us. You have more value to us than maybe you really understand. And that's why at Cornerstone we say this almost every week, that you belong. You have a place to belong here, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey. Some of you are just starting out Just coming back to church, just coming back to faith. Some of you watching online, you're going, you know, I don't know if I can really be a part of a church. And so I want you to understand that in this journey, we're all at different places. And as the pastor, I never expect everyone to be at the same place. If everyone's at the same place, we have failed as a church. So everyone should be in different spots in their faith journey as they're growing in their faith with Christ. Listen to this in verse 22. Jump down. Paul says, in fact... Some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. Every part of your body is equally important, just like every single person in the church. Let's just think about the hand for a second. Now, you got the thumb. You know, you ever give someone a thumbs? That means, hey, I approve. You can disapprove someone. You got the thumb wars going on, right? Some people can crush some thumb wars. You got the pointer finger, and this is always great because you can point towards things, you can look. You know, if you're a parent, you've definitely pointed at your children, probably in negative ways. The middle finger, we know, okay, this is church, we're just gonna, we know what that one does, all right? And then you got the ring finger, very important, symbolic in regards to what it represents and commitment. And you got the pinky. Like, no one talks about it. It's like so downplayed, like, do you even need your pinky? But actually, I, I looked this up. And it's really interesting, there's a pinky promise, I did see that. There's a pinky promise, I did forget about that one. But really outside of that, right, unless you're living in like Trollville, there's not a lot that you can do. But actually 50% of your strength in your hand comes from your pinky, It's really crazy. Like, you could actually Google that, like, research that, and you're like, you find out that this really seemingly insignificant part of your hand carries the most weight to it because it's what allows you to grip and to have the strength that you have in your hand. So, like, that's pretty amazing. It's an important part of your body. It doesn't seem to be, but it's really important. But who of us wants to be, like, obscure parts of the body? Like, if you had to choose to be a part of the body, like, I've never heard anyone say, I'd love to be a thyroid, you know? (laughs) I'd love to be a thyroid in someone I don't like and then go bad, you know what I mean? Like, no one's ever said that, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one's ever said, I'd like to be a thyroid. I've never heard anyone said, you know what would be awesome? If I could be anything, I'd be love handles, you know? <laughs> I think that that would be amazing. Like, I've not heard anyone say I'd love to be uh, uh, love handles or, like, I think this one's super awkward, but it's important is the olecranal skin. Yeah, you guys are going, what? The weenus, guys, the weenus. Right here, this flab of skin, now, did you know without your venus, you could not bend your elbow? Your arm would be stuck straight. The ole cranial skin. Yeah, let's give that part some love of our body, right? Some of you got some ashy ole cranial skin. You got to put that lotion on it, right? No one's ever said that, but at the same time, as we're having fun with this, we understand that the things about our body that we think are insignificant play a larger role than we really understand. And when you under, understand like the internal aspects of our body, now, can you function without a gallbladder? Well, yeah, you can. Like there are lots of you, maybe some of you don't have a gallbladder today, but you know there are lots of side effects that come with it. You gotta watch certain things, you gotta eat certain ways, and you have to watch out, right? So yeah, we can function without certain parts of our body, But God wouldn't have put it there if it didn't serve a purpose, if it didn't have meaning. So it's very important. Now, without a part of your body, you become dysfunctional. And the same thing is true for us as a church. Without you playing your part in the church, we're a dysfunctional church. We can only function as properly as the people who are a part of our church and where we're at. And I want you to know that there are so many people who play a part in this church that you don't even see every single week. And and we talk about it. We actually, uh, we do like a team huddle every Sunday morning. It's like anyone who's volunteering that day, they're showing up, we're talking about the service, we're challenged, and we're just reminded really quickly of all the parts that we play, and it's it's really important. We have people who, who pray for this church every single week, and some of you, you don't ever see that. You know, but we just experienced it, and I believe god 's hand is on this place because of some godly people who who pray for this church. We have people who who just pick up trash, and no one 's looking at them they 're just doing it because they care about our church uh, after every service, especially with everything that 's gone on this year. We have people who who walk through and they fully sanitize our building and they do that because they understand the importance and the safety and want to take precautions for our people and they have people that serve to do that every single week we have countless, countless volunteers who are serving in the kids' wing and they're there, they're loving on children and they're sharing the gospel with them and they're having fun with kids and they're coloring and they're dancing and and they do that because they love to be a part of giving back. But I'm sharing that with you to say, for those of you who aren't serving, we have people right now, like two or three people, who are tracking online as our host. Uh, for those, who are, those of you who are watching online, and so just because you're at home right now doesn't mean you can't serve. And some of you are even serving as like satellite campuses where you're inviting two or three uh, couples to be in your house to watch the service together. So all of us make a large impact together. And just because you don't see it, sometimes you see the people on stage singing, you see me on stage, or you see the people doing announcements or, or whatever, we think, we'll see that's the part that's most important. But it's not. And that's what Paul just says, that sometimes the things that you see the most are the least important, the things that you don't see, the inner workings of a church is so much more important than what's actually taking place. We, we've been doing this thing called the Do Good Project. We've been doing this for a little over a month, and we're just saying like, hey, what does God put in your heart to do good for other people? As a matter of fact, some of us, I think, would love to help people, but financially we can't. And we said, what if we got behind you and we actually funded whatever God has put into your life, like what you want to do? You're going to see a a video later on in our service of someone else who said like, hey, I want to step up and do something really amazing. You know, we've been able to help people with their bills. We actually had people due to COVID-19 and furloughs and things like that. We've been able to minister to people and helping provide for some of their bills. As a matter of fact, we had a couple in our church uh, not too long ago that fed the entire faculty at Gads in middle school, right? Just said, hey, we wanna provide breakfast for the entire middle school, teachers, janitors, uh, nurses, whoever's there, whoever's faculty, whoever works in that building, we're gonna provide breakfast for them just because. And it's when people rise up and realize, hey, this small thing that seems insignificant will actually play a larger role than I think. When you understand that your impact goes beyond just what you think it might be, you probably would be more apt to make an impact or actually do something. So sometimes it's not what you do, Uh, sometimes what you do is not as visible. It'll be on screens for you. But just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not important, right? So sometimes you might be feeling like, you know, I'm doing this for the church, but no one really sees it, right? It's behind the scenes. And maybe a lot of you are like, you know, I prefer to be behind the scenes. Um, But just because you're not visible doesn't mean it's not important, you know, my wife is, loves to serve. She loves this church. She, she serves, as a matter of fact, she's serving in our kids' wing right now. She would hate it if I asked her to be on stage with me, like, hey, come share this thing with me. You know, she'd throw up, and she probably would do it, but then she would not like me for it. You know what I mean? Like, she does not prefer to serve in this way, but she knows so many of the families and the kids in this church because she's there. She wants to be that smiling face when you're checking in your kids, Right? So we each have to do our part. In verse 27, Paul continues All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. All of us collectively together, we are the body of Christ. We're a part of it, we make up a part of it. And so, what part are you trying to play here together? You have no idea the impact of what your gift brings. You know, some of you, it's been really amazing. Our church is five and a half years old now. Some of you just showing up and then like you start to get involved. And then because of your influence, you begin to like bring other people that are here too. And then that person ends up serving. And and it's just amazing to see what happens when people are just faithful to follow after the Lord. And God uses your prayers. He uses your resource. He uses your talents. He uses your presence to make a difference here in this church. And you're invaluable to God. God loves you as much as he can possibly love you right now. So think about your life yesterday, this last week, this past month, this past 2020. (laughs) Think about in your life, the ups and downs, the struggles. God's love for you never changed. It was consistent. What changed was how close we were to him. What changed was whether we were moving closer or further from him. And when we move further from him, it feels like he doesn't love us as much, but that's not true. He says, I'm still here. I love you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so that means when we feel like that, we have to lean into, we have to draw to it. Did you know a big reason why Cornerstone is the way it is? is because of every single one of you sitting in a chair this morning, you are the reason people show up every single week. I'd like to believe it's because the pastor is Asian and it's different and you guys like different, Right? that's not true. Just one person. I don't make up the entire experience. When you show up to church, you're going to see lots of other faces before you actually sit down and listen to any music. And every single smiling face, every time someone just talks to you or just like, hey, how are you? Or just like that fist bump or whatever plays a role. And you just showing up thinking like, I'm just just walking in my chair, just being polite to people. That makes a big difference because you actually help create the environment one of the things I hear from people who don't go to our church, and as I talk to other um, pastor leaders in this church, and I say this to, to say like, how proud I am of you, when I talk to other people, they, they, they talk about our church in a positive way. They talk about the people there. They said, you know, we had so-and-so show up for whatever it was, and like, they just talked about the love and acceptance. I actually had a pastor uh, about a month ago, I was out to lunch with him, and he says, hey, I want you to know, we believe that you, like Cornerstone, are one of the top, like we want to be, I we want our church to be like yours. The love and the environment that you have for people, that's what we're striving for at our church. And you know what, that's not because of me, that's not because of the music, it's because of you, and you've done that because from the beginning of our church, we've said, Everyone has a place to belong regardless of where they're at in their faith, regardless of how jacked up they are, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of what neighborhood they drive in from, regardless of who they're married to. Like we believe that God has value in every single person, and we will let God do his part to work in the lives of people. And as you grow in faith, you will change, not because of what we've done, but because, but because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. We have incredible volunteers but some of them are robbing you of your blessing, which means some of them are serving too much. And we want you to know they do that, why? Because they love you and they want to serve, but at the same time, don't let that keeping you from serving. And some of you have been tracking with us for a little while, and so it's just that friendly reminder to say, hey, if you're not serving, find a place. And there are places for you. There are many things that you can do here at our church. Uh, to serve, and as the year continues on, we have tons of uh, single serve opportunities and just to test run it. And just because you try it once doesn't mean you got to stay with it for the rest of your life. That's what's amazing about this. And so, we want that. We want some of you uh, have some hidden talents. You play an instrument or you sing and you're really good and you're hiding it to yourself. Like, I don't want people to know. No, like share that. Don't rob everyone else of your blessing because you are going to be self conscious about it. You want to bring attention. To yourself, God knows your heart, and so use your gifts the way that he's called you to. As a matter of fact, one of our values here at our church, we only have four values as a church. Why? Because it's easier to remember, right? You can't remember like a thousand values, right? There's tons of things we value, all right? We're for lots of things. But one of our values we talked about last week, we said one of our values is total acceptance. We love people no matter what. We want to be a church that's known what we're for, not what we're against, Another one of our values is called commitment, which is all about purpose. And so when we understand what we're created for, we don't sit on the sideline, we get in the game, right? We wanna get in the game, we wanna play. And so that's what we are asking you to do, like when you understand, hey, I know what I'm created for, I know how God's wired me, now I need to serve. Like I'm not just gonna watch anymore, I wanna get into the game and I wanna do that. Some of you feel like, well, if the church really knew who I was, like my past, I have had a divorce, I've had this record, I have this issue, I've had this addiction, I've had this you fill in the blank, maybe people wouldn't love me as much, and that's not true. We believe that through our weakness, Christ can shine through it with his strength. So we kind of say it like this, your past does not disqualify you, it prepares you. Your past doesn't disqualify you, it prepares you. And for those of us who are following after the Lord, he uses our past and it will cause, effect in someone's life in a positive way. He'll use your pain, he'll use your hurt, he'll use your suffering for his glory. You might find out that that divorce you went through, even though it was painful and tough, God's gonna use that to help in someone else's life. You might find like this addiction that you've gone through and now you've overcome that, now you'll find, hey, I can use this to help other people who are going through addictions. You know, we have Celebrate Recovery, huge ministry here in our church, uh, every friday night and people are going through these addictions and this hurt and this pain and you can use that god will use whatever you've gone through in your life ultimately for his glory so imagine if every single person in our church said you know what i think i want to do my part too what does that look like like i feel like i need to i need to step up and do that how how could i make a difference you'll find that this church continues then to get even better because people are rising up and saying I wanna do my part now. Whatever part that looks like, whatever that means, however that plays through, like we need you to do your part. So as a matter of fact, on your connection card, if you can pull that up on uh, Facebook or the notes there, you'll see a connection card, digital connection card. And at the end of that digital connection card, there's a place that says, I wanna serve. There's all the different areas of serving that you can serve. And maybe some of you say, you know what? I'm gonna like serve in this area or I wanna do this thing, whatever. Maybe it's not even on there. You just say what you wanna serve like, Our student ministry right now is doing a stellar job. Um, It's amazing to see what our student pastor, Zach and his wife, Crystal, have been able to do with their team. Uh, They just fed the Gaza City football team as part of Do Good Project. Because of that, he got invited to speak at another high school's football team. And you're seeing students putting their faith in Jesus. I mean, I can't tell you how many teenagers have put their faith in Christ. And if you have a teenager, middle school, high school, get them involved. You know, our children's ministry, like you're seeing that area grow and watch out if you're a young couple here. I don't know what it is. We hadn't been serving coffee, but you will get pregnant here, all right? I'm just telling you, you need to be careful uh, because it will happen and we have so many pregnant women and you know what? We have people ready to serve with you and walk alongside with you and honestly, it's one of the greatest ways to grow a church and I think a healthy church is when one, you're growing, yes, because people are checking out, but then two, you're growing because uh, couples are having babies and That's awesome. Right? We want to continue to see that. And so as we're doing our part, I want us to see that what you do, no matter how insignificant you think it might be, is important, is valuable. Right now, uh, in October, we're going to be doing a mini small group semester, just five weeks, which means we need people who will open up their homes as small group leaders or a host for five couples, no more than five. So you're talking about 10 people. And we wanna connect others, why? Because when you're in community, you find out that the thing that you thought you were struggling, you were alone, this other couple's gone through it too or is going through it too. And in community, you find there's strength. And we wanna connect people in community, but we can't do that unless people step up and say, I'm willing to be a small group leader. I'm willing to open up my home. I'm willing to have others involved. And yes, we can practice social distancing. Let's not make sure we do it so far that we exclude others from being in our life. We can be smart about things without being overly cautious. And so what does that mean for you? And that's what you're gonna have to wrestle through and that's what you're gonna have to pray about. But it's time for us as a church right now in this moment, in this moment, in 2020, where where we're at as a country, uh, I don't know what's happening in a couple months. There's this little thing called an election. And I can promise you that there's gonna be some tension. I can promise you there's gonna be some things said online from people that you know that you're gonna just wanna type that thing. Backspace, 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 delete. One of the best things you can learn with that pointer finger, (laughs) delete. Because the thing you think you might wanna say is not gonna cause help, it might cause hurt. And so as a church, this is our opportunity to rise up and say, our county needs us now more than ever. Our city needs us now more than ever. They need Christians who will rise up, banding together a diverse group of people who really should not be hanging out outside of church, right? Like you think about it, some of us have so many different political beliefs, different beliefs, cultural backgrounds are different, but when they see these group of people coming together, putting aside differences for the same purpose, for the cause of Christ, that speaks volumes. And churches this is our opportunity to step up and say, "God has given me worth. I'm invaluable, and we can change the world when we do our part. I'm in. Are you?